there's his scribbles from there. Oh, man. All right, Isaiah 53. This is a prophetic scripture talking about our Lord Jesus. It says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. I'm going to bring your attention especially to verse 3 where it says, He is despised and rejected of men. I want to preach this morning on this subject, Christ forsaken. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you come down and bear witness to the truth of your word, Lord, and we just sang that song. It talks about our Lord Jesus and everything that he means to us, especially in our relationship with you, and it's the only basis I have to have any relationship with you, Father. And I pray you help us as we preach to lift up your son and the things he went through. And I, I sure I sure appreciate the fact that he took them for me. And I know I don't deserve them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, and I said uh, our sermon is Christ forsaken. Forsaken means to be abandoned, deserted. There's too many people abandoning and deserting things. Now, it's getting rough. I'll grant you. It is getting rough. And it's getting rough especially on the men. Don't get me wrong. It's a rich rough on everybody. But especially on the men, a man that wants to take leadership and do what he needs to do in the family and everything, it is real hard. They're Amen. trying to do everything they can to get you to stop. And uh, so I, I, I can understand from a fleshy point of view why some people are abandoning and deserting because what's the use? They won't let you win, it seems like. Let me tell you about the Lord Jesus. He paid a bigger price than any man ever has. Amen. And he still didn't abandon us. And he still didn't deserve us. I want to say this morning that the Lord Jesus Christ suffered from being forsaken more than anyone, and he can comfort those that have been forsaken and offer them acceptance into his family. Now, for most of us, being forsaken is something we can only partially identify with, but for some people, it's a way of life. Now, I'm blessed. As I even think about these subjects, I can hardly fight back the tears. I've been surrounded with a mom and daddy and family and aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents that love me ever since I can remember. I have never been just rejected like so many people in our society today do. We don't even keep families together anymore. That's something from a bygone era. And I hate it and I'm sorry about it. And I, 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 wish, I, I wish that things were better. But uh, a lot of people suffer being forsaken and being rejected way more than I've ever experienced. And my heart goes out to you. But let me tell you something. I know somebody that knows exactly where you are. If you Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ has been forsaken and rejected and despised and abandoned more than anybody, and he deserves it less than anybody. 
If I'm talking to somebody today and your feelings are hurt because some people that you love and that loved you forsook you, let me tell you this. Jesus knows where you're at. Yes, amen. And you know what he's doing? He's standing right now this morning with his arms outstretched saying, come unto me. I know how it feels, honey. And you say, but I don't deserve it. I'm a sinner. If you Listen, every single one of us are. I've often said, if you do everything about me that God knows about Bob Schoolfield, you wouldn't even bother coming to hear me preach. <laughs> And if I knew everything about you, God knows about you, I wouldn't bother trying to preach to you. We're all a mess. And knowing that, Jesus still says, come unto me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Now let's talk about Jesus forsaken here. The first thing I want to say about Jesus being forsaken this morning is that he is forsaken by his word. His world. He is the creator of this whole world, this whole universe. By him were all things that are created, that are created in heaven and in earth, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. That's how great he is, that's how powerful he is, that's who he is, and yet he wants a personal relationship with every one of you. Yes. He wants to save your soul, and that's totally free. You don't even have to contribute. Amen. But he'd also like to be your Lord. Amen. And you really ought to do both at the same time. You really ought to receive him, receive him as your Savior and your Lord at the same time. But a lot of people split them up, don't they? Mm -hmm. And you know what? He'll let you do it. He'll be your Savior free of charge and not even bother with your submission. But you're a pretty sorry servant if you do it that way. Yes. And I've been a pretty sorry oh, servant myself. Amen. We got a young girl here today after the service wanting to be baptized. You know what she's saying? She's saying, yeah, I received him as my Savior, but I want him to be my Lord. Amen. Maybe that ought to stir somebody else up to be a better servant as well. He is uh, refused and rejected by his world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. The world hates the Jesus of the Bible. Now, they, they, they'll take the Jesus that, you know, looks kind of effeminate and has the long flowing hair and everything and never stands up to anybody. But you get reading the King James Bible and you read about Jesus in there, he's more of a man than that. You get studying the Lord Jesus Christ of the King James Bible, it's a little more man than most people can handle these days. You better go back to your soul boys and your little electronic screen boys. That's probably more your speed. Jesus Christ is more. He wants to be your leader. Look at what a man does. He leads. Amen. He doesn't have any problem taking authority. And you know what? There was a bunch of people stayed around him and loved him. Yes. And even when things got real rough, and we'll talk about it here in a minute, there was a company of women that stayed with him even then. Right. Yes. Amen. They saw there was something to this man. There's different man they knew. So he is uh, rejected by his world. Bible says in uh, John 15, 18, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. You stand up for this Bible in this day and age, most people are not going to appreciate it. To some degree, a bunch of them even hate you for it. You know how you can take comfort? They hated Jesus before they hated you. That's Jesus' word. This isn't Brother Bob's opinion. I just quoted a verse of Scripture. John 1, 10. He was in the world, the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. But he was not only rejected by his world, he was rejected by his nation. He was a Jew. 
John 1 verse 11 says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Amen. I'll read to you from Matthew chapter 23. I, I am going to try to hurry a little bit because I do know that we have that addition on the end of the of the uh, baptism service, although it will just go a few minutes. But uh, So I'll try to hurry a little bit. I'm not going to try to hurry too much. I want, to, I want you to see how rejected the Lord Jesus is. Matthew chapter 23, verse 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful uh, outwardly, outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Uh, I was touched when Brother uh, Ingesath, doing his pottery up here, referred us to that verse in Paul's epistle. He said, All you that glory in appearance and not in heart. Don't misunderstand. I love my old fundamental upbringing. It helped me in a lot of ways. But there were some among us. We gloried too much in appearance and not in heart. That's correct. There were some people among us. As long as somebody looked good on the outside, we were pretty pleased. But it didn't take many years till it showed their heart wasn't with us. And that's something the Lord Jesus pointed out. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous. Ye say, if it had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Whereby, wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them that killed the prophets. Jesus uh, was plain spoken. Verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Listen, when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, I guarantee he didn't reject you. If you and him aren't in a lordship, friendship, relationship, you rejected him. Why would you do that? Why would you reject the Lord Jesus? You say, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Let me tell you about our Lord Jesus. He is connected to the Word of God. We call this Bible the Word of God, don't we? Yes. What is the name of Jesus? The Word of God. The Word of God. He is highly... You know how I know if you reject Jesus? If you live according to the clear statements of this Scripture. You disobey clear commands of this scripture, you might be saved. I remember I said salvation is free. You don't have to do anything for it. But you're not a good servant. Amen. All right, uh, he's rejected by his world, he's rejected by his nation. Even though they claim to follow his law, the Bible says the law was the schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, doesn't it? But you know why they do it? Because of self righteousness. They get thinking, I've got it right, I'm going to do what I want to do. Everyone is turned. Unto his own way. Isn't that what it said in Isaiah 53, our text? Right. Romans chapter 10, verse 3, speaking of his nation, says this For they be ignorant, they being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not, oh, here's that terrible word, submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. If you want Jesus as your Lord, you have to submit. To the man Christ Jesus. Amen. Is that okay with this generation? The Bible says he is the perfect man. You say, oh, I wouldn't rebel against Jesus himself. You do if you go against the word of God. That's one of his names. Amen. He's rejected by his world. He's rejected by his nation. Now let's get a little closer to home. He was rejected by his hometown. I'll read to you from Luke chapter 4. 
Luke chapter 4, verse 16. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. I never read this hardly without pointing this out. When Jesus just read the scripture, the power of the Spirit was on him. Amen. You couldn't take your eyeballs off of him. Amen. Amen, brother. Have you noticed you can sit in some places where the Bible is supposedly being read or taught or preached and it's kind of boring? <laughs> sometimes the power isn't there. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes there's something wrong in our heart where we're not listening. Yeah. Sometimes the Spirit isn't there, too. But the eyes of all that were in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness, and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, You will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. He's talking about his hometown. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. He said, the Lord didn't go to any of the people of our bunch. Right. He went to an outsider. Amen. You know what? That offends people. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elysius. I guess that's how you say that. The prophet, and none of them came, with, none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, and rose up, and thrust him out of the city, and led him unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. He got teaching the word of God in his own hometown, and they knew the Spirit was with him. They couldn't take their eyes off of him. They were amazed at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. But as soon as he said something that offended them, they were ready to throw him off a cliff and kill Amen. him. Amen, brother. You've been rejected? Jesus Christ knows it better than anything you can He was rejected by the world he created. He was rejected by his nation. He was rejected by his own hometown. Now let's go a little deeper. He was rejected by his family members. This is a terrible thing. We live in a day where family members are rejected. It happens to all of us. Let me tell you about our Lord Jesus. He's been where you are. Amen. Old buddy. Uh, you want some comfort? Before you go to your drugs and your drink and your shrink, go to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, brother. He feels it. He knows. He hurts with you. Matthew chapter 13, let's see here. Verse 54. You can turn or I'll read it to you. 
says, and when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. Turn to you in John chapter 7 and see just how much his family rejected him. John chapter 7, the Bible says in verse 1, After these things Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. So he knew he couldn't go to the heart of the Jews there around Jerusalem because they are going to kill him there. And look how his family uh, reacted to that. Verse 3, His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. For neither did his brethren believe in him. Here he was the Son of God and without fault and sinless, and knew that they were going to kill him if he went there. And they said, Go over there and show yourself to the world. Wow. Kind of reminds us of what we had in the adult Sunday school class where the brethren of Joseph hated him so bad. They didn't care what happened to him. You've been rejected by your family? The Lord Jesus knows where you're at. They didn't believe on him his whole life. Finally, after the resurrection, they believed. There is something about that resurrection that makes believers out of people. When the disciples started preaching the resurrection in the book of Acts, Everything changed, didn't it? That's right. Things set on fire. Philip Schaff, the faithful church historian, who may not believe like us on everything, but by all accounts, he is a faithful historian. He said 10% of the Roman Empire claimed to be Christian. That's an amazing thing. Yes, it is. He was rejected by his hometown in spite of his words and his testimony, his wisdom and his works. He was rejected by his family member even when... His life was to be risked, and they remained believers, all, uh, unbelievers all the way till his resurrection. Galatians 1.18, Paul's given his testimony, and he said, After three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days, but other of the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. So his brother James not only got saved, but became an apostle. Praise God. The resurrection will do that to you. Have you believed on the death and burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. That'll make a difference in your life. Yes. But his world rejected him, his nation rejected him, his hometown rejected him, his family members rejected him, but he had his disciples there. And they were good for a while. <laughs> but in Mark chapter 14, you know what I read? That's right. And they all forsook him and fled. Let me tell you about the Lord Jesus' disciples. We sometimes forsake Him. We sometimes get looking out for ourselves, our safety, what we believe, what we think is right. We reject Jesus. Most of us have been saved for any period of time have to admit we can look back on some times in our lives, even though He saved our soul and gave us eternal life and the wonderful things He's done for us, we just got wanting to do what we wanted to do and hang out with who we wanted to hang out with and wear what we wanted to wear and smoke what we wanted to smoke and eat what we wanted to eat and drink what we wanted to drink and, and the rest of the filth. <laughs> and we just rejected him and went with what we wanted, haven't we? Yes, amen. Shame to say I have. 
He's forsaken of his disciples. I'll tell you what will do it is the love of this world. Yes. Remember Demas? Paul said, Demas hath forsaken me. Why? Having loved this present world. You know what will make you re refuse Jesus? When your mind is full of the music of this world and the entertainment of this world and the movies of this world and the philosophies of this world and the friends of this world and the fashions of this world and the rest of the junk, you'll forsake Jesus. This world hates Jesus. And the more you like their stuff, the more you won't like Jesus. And the more you like Jesus, the more you won't like their stuff. That's why the old-timers always preached against being worldly. Because this oh, yes. world doesn't care for Jesus. We used to sing in the old hymn, Is this vile world a friend to grace to help me on to God? Well, of course not. But lo and behold, he was forsaken of his disciples. But I think this is the worst point of all. He was forsaken by his father. Jesus and his father had a relationship that none of us can even understand. He did always the things that please him. His father was right there bearing witness to his work, bearing witness to his holiness, bearing witness to his righteousness, bearing witness to his power, and yet when he went and died on that cross and began to bleed out his blood for you and for me to wash our sins away, the Father saw all the sins of the world on Jesus and turned away. That's right. Amen, brother. And the man Christ Jesus, more man than anybody you've ever met, had to realize his Father had forsaken him. Matthew 27, 45, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land under the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was forsaken by his father so you and I never have to be. That's right. There's a forsakenness. Well, we've been talking about how he understands your rejection. There's a rejection of his you and I will never understand. We will never be rejected by his Father Amen. if we've received the Lord Jesus Christ yes. as our Savior. Amen. He that spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Ah, oh, if you're here today and you've never received the Lord as your Savior, receive him. If you're here today and you are saved, but you haven't been living for him, give up everything and take Jesus as your Lord. You'll never regret it. And you know what comes with Jesus? All things. Amen. He's been rejected, at least there, in a way no human being will ever have to understand. <clears throat> from hearing and from helping him, the prophetic psalm that talks about Jesus on the cross says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? As Jesus died on that cross and that terrible pain and suffering he was going through, he was roaring. God the Father didn't even hear him. That's not a testimony you'll ever have to give. If you'll turn to him, he'll hear you. 
when the prodigal son came back to the father, while he was yet a great way off, just headed that direction, the father ran to him and hugged him and kissed him and changed his clothes and said, we're going to kill the fatted calf. My son has come home. Jacob, when he found out that Joseph was alive, said, my son is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. Forsaken by his father, so that the Father might help others. That same psalm that talked about him being far from his roaring goes on to say this, For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard the same psalm that says he wouldn't even hear Jesus, says he did hear me and you. Have you called out to God the Father? Look at Psalm 22 and read the first verse and then the later verses and notice the difference. He'll hear you. You know why? Because Jesus took your forsakenness for you. Amen. He is forsaken by his world. He's forsaken by his nation. He's forsaken by his hometown. He's forsaken by his family members. He was forsaken by his disciples. He was forsaken by his father. Just one more and we'll close. Look at this, man. I'm doing good. This is a new record for a Baptist preacher. Man. We ain't gonna have time to get to the buffet. He is forsaken, and this is this hits real close to home for me and you. He's forsaken by his church. I get reading over there in Revelation chapter three. It says, "As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and eat with me." Hey, wait a minute. Those are letters to churches. What is Jesus doing on the outside of one of his churches? What's he doing on the outside having to knock and ask them to let him in? He ought to be the one that's in here. If all of us are out, he ought to be in. Amen. Let me tell you what church people do. They'll leave Jesus out. They'll have two or three rules that they really like and have no relationship with Jesus. Your rules ring real hollow without a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. You say, yeah, I've got that relationship with Jesus Christ. Not if you're not following the Word of, his, word of God. That's one of His names. Don't tell me about a relationship with Jesus Christ and you living in absolute rebellion against the thing that shares the name of Jesus with you. You do not. He's the Word of God and this is the Word of God. His, he's forsaken by His church and their personal lives. Bible prophesies that in the end times it will get real bad. It says 2 Timothy 4, 2, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Some of you get here an old-fashioned Bible-believing Baptist preacher, and boy, it's something you have to endure. How long is he going to go? I'm so proud of myself for going short today. But the time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine. Amen. But will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. How will they do that? After their own lusts. It's all about what they want. It's not about what Jesus said. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Hey, what if the truth is something you don't like? Are you okay with that? You are if you're a servant of Jesus Christ. By his church in their personal lives, I'll tell you another way that they forsake him. In their Bible-believing church attendance. As we've often pointed out there in the book of Revelation, the candlesticks 
are the churches. And Jesus walks in the midst of the candlesticks. In other words, he's in the churches. You re if you refuse church, you refuse Jesus because that's one of the places he hangs out. That's right, brother. And if you get wanting to find him, you know a good place to find him. Bible says in Nehemiah, why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. Bible teaches the man of God has some authority to set some people in their place. Can you submit to that? Submission isn't one of your problems, is it? Obeying a godly authority is good for you. You're fine with that, right? Not many in our day are. Amen. Bible-believing church attendance. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Am I talking to somebody that's been rejected? You don't feel accepted? Let me tell you somebody that feels your pain better than anybody you'll ever know. Yes. Oh, yes. Jesus Christ. He was rejected by his world. He was rejected by his nation. He was rejected by his hometown. He was rejected by his family members. He was rejected by his disciples. He was rejected by his father. So that you never have to be. I'm ashamed to say he's often rejected by his church. I invite you to do one of two things, or preferably both at the same time. Receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen. You can't do anything to contribute to that part of it. He's done it all. It's just a gift. You just receive it. You say you're not accepted? Problem is, if you're not saved, you haven't accepted Him. Because He'll accept you. If God the Father gave His only begotten Son, how in the world would He hold anything else back from you? Of course He wouldn't. Or secondly, receive Him as your Lord. That is, make Him your King. That is, you obey Him. That is, you submit to Him. You ought to do them both at the same time. That's what you ought to do. You ought not just do one and hold off and say, well, if He's good enough to me, I might submit to Him. Oh, no. You received Him both. When the Ethiopian eunuch got saved there in Acts chapter 8, he went right through both believing on the Lord Jesus and wanting to get baptized at the same time. Right. You know what he said to Philip? He said, see, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? He knew Jesus had been baptized. He knew his followers were baptized. And he wanted to identify with them. You know why Emma's wanting to be baptized today? She's wanting to identify with the Lord Jesus Christ and his followers. We do weird things like getting dunked down in water to show that we following the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You ought to take Him as your Savior. You ought to take Him as your Lord, preferably at the same time. But maybe there's somebody here that's saved that you haven't submitted to His authority. And something out of that Bible rubs you wrong and goes against what you think is good. You just don't give in. You just don't submit. One of the things I've noticed about Emma in the time I've known her is this. She is humble and submissive in a time when not many people are. <coughs> no wonder she came to me and said she wanted to follow the Lord in believers' baptism. Most people got a little pride. No, I'm not going to do what I'm told. You'll have to lose that if you want to be a servant. Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
those of you that are saved, those of you that are Bible believers, there are going to come some hard times. There are going to come some temptations. Let's not let it ever be said that we forsook our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's line up ourselves as one of His friends. Wherefore, Jesus also, that He might sanctify the people with His own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therefore unto Him without the camp, bearing His reproach. You willing to go outside the camp? You willing to go out there where the kids that aren't so cool are? So you can identify with Jesus Christ? That will make the difference in your life. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this chance to read and study your word and to preach it. God, I pray that your spirit bear witness to